Good morning, church. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ that uh, he's given us a restful night, hopefully, and that we've awoken from our sleep and we're here to experience a new day and fresh mercy and fresh grace. I was uh, I was uh, encouraged by a quote uh, this week as I met with the men on uh, the, uh, the the Zoom uh, uh, app and uh, I just want to share it this morning before we go ahead and pray and get into the message. And I, uh, I pray that th- that this is encouraging to all of us as as we are, um, you know, working our way through this pandemic and Lord willing, um, you know, helping to, to curve this virus. So uh, things will be uh, better than they were before, especially in the lives of believers and those that uh, turn to Christ in this time. And so I'll go ahead and read. And the first part is uh, what Satan is doing. Uh, and it says, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will cause the churches to lock their doors. I will cause Christians to not worship together on Sunday. I will cause the sacraments to not be given or received. I will cause fights and breakouts at the grocery stores and on social media and inside the home. I will cause greater animosity between nations. I will cause turmoil inside and out. And this would be Jesus's reply to all that. And this is where we get our hope from and our strength. And it says, I will restore the family. I will bring husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters closer together. I will greatly strengthen the communal life of religious brothers and sisters. I will greatly strengthen the spiritual lives of my priests. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table and to the refractory. I will help my children slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not on what is of this world. I will deepen my children's faith in me. I will renew their prayer life. I will deepen their love for me and for one another. And that's an anonymous quote, but I really uh, do see the truth in that. And I'm grateful that whoever felt led to share that did share that. And, um, you know, it's just uh, another example of how in times of distress, in times of turmoil, we know that this uh, pandemic won't last forever and that we need to continue to find our hope anchored in our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll read the scripture this morning, and we'll get into the message. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for your mighty hand. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, your uh, love that reaches down into the, the, the deepest depths and the darkest places of our our lives, and you pull us out of the muck and the mire because of the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. He is that ladder back to you. Not that we climb up him, but that you actually kind of just take us and 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 pull us out of all of the stuff, all of the sin that we were so uh, entrenched in. And Father, I thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that the blood of your son is greater than any sin that we've ever committed, any atrocity that's gone on in the world, any uh, situation that's going on now currently in the world. We believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is greater than this and that these things will pass, Lord, and that you will restore your people to you and that souls 
and lives will be saved and you will be glorified. You will be honored for the great work that you do within men and women and children's hearts because we need you. That is the, the deepest need that we have is to have a right relationship with you. And that's only through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you've given to us to indwell in us, to give us the ability to live out a lifestyle of faith and to honor you through worship, praise, and a lifestyle of worship and praise on a daily basis. I pray, Father, that we would just continue to have a tight commune with you, Lord, that it wouldn't be a, a, a one-off, Lord, but it would be throughout our day. We would sense your presence. We would recognize that we're victors in Christ. We're more than conquerors and that we can get through these troubling times that we're facing right now. So again, Father, may your Holy Spirit speak through your servant. May your word go forth. May it produce much good fruit. May your people May your children take heed and listen to your word and allow your word to transform them from the inside out. Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We bless you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So this morning we are uh, continuing through Acts chapter 13 and uh, we'll go through verses 4 through 12. And I've entitled this message, One Sinner Confronted another sinner saved. And you'll see kind of how this picture gets painted as we go through uh, these verses. And I'll go ahead and start in verse four. And it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulius, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray again quickly. Father God, thank you for this message for your word, Father, that shines truth in everyday situations in our lives. Father, may you speak to the heart of where we're at currently, and may you allow us to glean truth from your word. May you help us and give us the ability to apply what we hear today, what we learn today through your word. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today, we will join Barnabas and Saul as they begin to set out to share the gospel to the different communities within the Roman Empire. This is where they are at currently in the out to 
to just spread the gospel message throughout this region, we will begin to see what an impact children of God make on the world around them when they are obedient to God's call upon their lives. Remember, obedience and, 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 and serving the Lord go hand in hand. You can't, I can't serve the Lord without, obedient, uh, without obedience and neither can you. Truly, God's church is built one believer at a time. As we will learn, every sinner will have the personal opportunity to respond to the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. In this portion of scripture, there are three main points that we need to uh, hone in on this morning. And the first one is, wherever God sends you, there will always be opportunities to share the gospel message. We as followers of Jesus Christ can never say, or should never say for that, uh, for that matter, I can't share my faith. That's a lie from hell. One of the main reasons we are left here on earth after we've been saved was so that we could daily live out and share our faith with other people. That, that's, that's, part of, that's a big part of what we do. That is the lifestyle of a Christian. And as we've seen here in, in um, this portion of scripture with uh, Barnabas and Saul, uh, in the most unlikely of situations, these men find themselves sharing the truth of who Jesus Christ is to these men. The second main point is the wheat and the tares. Now we know this parable that Jesus taught. There will always be false teachers or antichrists or those who are deliberately trying to confuse those seeking God and even believers living side by side. That is, Jesus, uh, he warned us that this is how it is going to be because you and I can't read hearts. We can't read minds. We don't know uh, the state of a person. We only know people by their fruit. And it is only at the time of the harvest that we will see who was true and who was false. And the last main point I'd like us to focus on this morning is Jesus Christ will always make himself known to all who are truly seeking him. He will also always expose all of those who oppose him, looking to drag others away from the truth. So let's go ahead and begin to look at these verses a little closer. And let's start with verse 4 in Acts chapter 13. And it says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. As we start off today, we are reminded that Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Remember last week we talked about this. The Holy Spirit used the church of Antioch to send them out, but it was the Holy Spirit who was the driving force behind this decision to send them out and to send them specifically where he was leading them to go. The application this morning for us is any group of Christians can send someone out or any church can send someone out, commission them out to do you know, work for the Lord. But if the Holy Spirit doesn't send them, it won't amount to an effective ministry. 
You see, we can have all these wonderful, great, fabulous to us ideas for ministry and ministry groups and all kind of activities. But if it's not led by the Holy Spirit, it won't be blessed. It actually may be a hindrance to the Lord's work. And so we have to remember to be prayerfully seeking the Lord as to what he is to have us to do. Um, and, and that's the whole idea of we need to uh, many times wait on the Lord. A lot of times we have this knee jerk reaction to things and, and, and we just want to, you know, voyage off into this new work and, 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 you know, or respond to, you know, something that went on when we need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to, to quiet our hearts and allow us to see what he would have us to do. That way it will be blessed of the Lord. Now, in regards to where they went, we don't know why they went to Seleucia. We do know that it was near Antioch and that Seleucia was a port city. So uh, you, we could assume that there may have already been some believers there uh, because it wasn't far from Antioch where there was already a thriving church established. In any event, we know that Barnabas excuse me, Barnabas and Saul shared the gospel with whomever they came across in Seleucia because that's what they were led to do. They were led to share the word of God. They were led to uh, live out a lifestyle of praise uh, before men, wherever their feet set foot. For us today, we are given 24 hours every day to use that time period to spread the gospel. We must look at every day as an empty canvas that the Lord wants to paint upon. He, we need to allow him to create, you know, the atmosphere and the environment that he would like to create for us to reflect the love of Christ to those around us. He can use even the plainest situations in, in, you know, in our uh, you know minds, it might be something that we, we think, you know, how could the Lord speak through this? But the Lord could use even the plainest of situations to draw an unbeliever to himself. Remember, his ways are not our ways. He sees what we don't see. You get what I'm saying? We we have we may have this whole thing, what we think figured out of, oh, this is how it's going to go down. And the Lord is looking at it in a totally different way. And it catches all of us off guard and he can use every situation. I mean, there's so many examples in the Bible of, of, of things gone wrong with, with people and how he still used those situations for his glory and for his honor. And this is a verse that just uh, is going to reinforce this idea or, or this principle that it is the Holy Spirit and not man that uh, ultimately commissions and calls someone out for the work of the Lord. And it's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, and it reads, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, just take heart that as you seek the Lord, as you seek His will, as you seek 
uh, you know, to gain wisdom and insight of what the Lord would have you to do. He's going to equip you. The Bible is clear that he will not shun away anyone that comes to him humbly seeking wisdom, seeking a direction for their lives as, as far as what he would have them to do. But see, we have to humble ourselves and come before him and ask for his direction, ask for his vision, ask for his guidance in order to to receive what he would have us to do and how he would have us to do it and to equip us to be able to do it. Okay, let's go and move on to verse five. And it says, when they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. Now, Salamis was located in Cyprus. And again, here we are not told why they went there, but we are told in Acts chapter 4, verse 36, that Barnabas grew up on this specific island. When they got there, the text says they preached the word of God in the synagogues. This custom of an open synagogue gave Barnabas and Saul many, many opportunities to preach. You see, this tradition allowed any learned Jewish man to come in on the Sabbath and speak. Now, these men of God were aware of the opportunities that the Lord put before them to share the message of the cross. So what is the application for us today? I know, uh, you know, we don't necessarily, you can't go into any church building and just go ahead and go to the pulpit and start start teaching and start preaching. So what does this mean to us? Well, it's basically this. Do we recognize the many opportunities that God puts before us to share the message of salvation through Jesus Christ before us daily? Do we really understand the many chances he gives us to share the truth of who Christ is to a dying world? Because you see, many times we won't hesitate to talk about the Warriors or the 49ers or you know, any sports team or our careers or our 401ks or our hobbies. But do we jump with that same enthusiasm on the opportunity to talk about Jesus Christ? That's that's something that you need to ask yourself. That's something you need the Lord to reveal to you. Do you jump at the opportunity? Are you as enthused about sharing the gospel with people as you are about your, uh, you know, your main interests in life, the things that you desire to spend your time doing? Lastly, in these few verses, we see that Barnabas and Saul, they had an assistant. They had another brother alongside them, accompanying them on this missionary journey. And it was John. It was John Mark to be exact. This is the same John Mark who wrote the Gospel of Mark. Now, Mark was a valuable companion to Barnabas and Saul. He grew up in Jerusalem and he was an eyewitness to many of the events that happened in Jesus's life. And again, why do I bring this up? What is what 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 are uh, you know what is the detailed information about Mark being John Mark being there with uh, Barnabas and Saul? What does that have to do with anything? Well, the application is this: it's not the Lord's desire that we as believers go it alone. You see, this is a one another ministry. We're not just lone rangers where we just set off and we, you know, we're like, oh, I've been commissioned by the Lord and I'm going to just go do this. And I have a full head of steam and I have nobody with me. I'm not accompanied by any other brother or sister in Christ. Now, there will obviously be times when it's only going to be 
you and the Lord. But again, we are never meant to go out on our own. There are many examples, many examples of this found in God's word. And here's just one uh, found in Mark chapter 6, verse 7. And it says, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. And so, again, it's just that picture of that unity in Christ, the, the body of Christ working together, working hand in hand, side by side, uh, you know, going out to accomplish the work that the Lord had for them or has for them for us today. And, and, and these principles still apply. It's a very dangerous thing to, uh, you know, find believers that only want to do it themselves, only want to go alone. There's there's no accountability and, and just there's just a long road of negative things that are associated when we don't want to be in fellowship with one another. That should be uh, a very important thing in it is an important thing in the Christian faith that we we all feel included uh and and, and we are one another together in the body of Christ. Okay, let's go ahead and continue on in verses 6 and 7. And it says, When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with Sergius Pallius, a man of intelligence, who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So here we are introduced to another place, another uh, area in this portion of scripture, Paphos. This city was on the west coast of Cyprus and it was known for its immorality. Uh, Paphos was infamous for its worship of Venus, the goddess of sexuality. Um, you could picture modern day Las Vegas. This is pretty much what was going on here in this city. Uh, Barnabas and Saul, they faced a combination of immorality and spiritual darkness, and this was common throughout the pagan world of the Roman Empire. And just as a side note, with just, you know, these things that go on in the spiritual realm, the reality is every spiritual problem will manifest itself in the physical if we want a cure for physical symptoms, and I'm not talking about, you know, your body aching or simply just that, but just any kind of thing that happens in the physical realm, we must first deal with the spiritual cause of the problem. We need to get to the root of what is going on, and it's it's always a spiritual uh, it's a spiritual problem. There's something going on in the spirit realm that's causing itself to manifest itself in the physical. Next we see and we're introduced to two new people. We first see a Jewish false prophet, a magician named Bar-Jesus. And then the next man is Sergius Paulus, the governor or the pro, uh, proconsul uh, of this Roman providence. Many of these type of leaders uh, would keep private sorcerers, speaking of Sergius Paulus, this was just kind of what they would do. They, they, they would keep these private sorcerers and, and they, they would gain kind of 
um, you know, again, you know, uh, insight from them through their 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 witchcraft and their and their and their dark practices. They would they would gain, you know, what they thought was you know an edge on what was going on in current events or the things of the day. It was clear from the text, though, that that Sergius was being stirred up by the Holy Spirit to hear the teachings of Barnabas and Saul. Now, Bar Jesus, this 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 magician, must have figured. If uh, Paulus believed in Jesus Christ, he would be out of job. He was going to be out of work. So he tried to hinder the work of God. Now, Bar Jesus means son of Joshua or son of Jesus. That's what this name means. But it's so interesting because we see this man's name, this uh, magician, but his character was that of a son of Satan rather than a son of God. And again, here with these two men, we see the example of the parable of the wheat and the tares. This false prophet was hanging around trying to distract Sergius Paulus from understanding the true message of the cross. The Bible is clear that believers and non-believers would grow side by side, even within the church. The only way to know them truly is by the fruit they produce. And I'll read this parable, and we find it in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And it says, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, Then the weeds appeared also, and the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bushels to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. And that's a great picture of those who will be true believers in Christ, who will be gathered as wheat into the barn as a, as, 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 as a picture of, of being with Christ forever in heaven. And, and then the other non-believers, people or people who, uh, you know, had a religious relationship, but not a real relationship with Christ. And they will be uh, bound in bundles and, and burned and, and put into the eternal uh, flame of fire. Also, in regards to just this whole idea of this man Bar Jesus and and him being a, a magician and 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 being in that line of work, we are reminded of the dangers of the occult. Anything, hear me, anything that preaches and teaches anything other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified for the forgiveness of sins is false. All magic, sorcery. Black magic, witchcraft, crystal balls, tarot card readings, horoscopes, etc. is all satanic in its nature and origin and for children of God must be avoided at all cost. 
You see, it's for the simple fact that these practices are deceptive by nature. And that is what makes them so dangerous. I mean, I'll go even as far as to say all those Harry Potter movies and books, they are a horrible influence for the child of God. Because you see, they're ever so subtle in their manipulation of your mind and of what they're showing you and teaching you, but at its core and at its root, it's all satanic. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the last four verses. So we'll go ahead and look at uh, Acts chapter 13, verses uh, 8 through 12. And it says, But Elimas the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately, mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Verse 12, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Once again, we see the attack inspired by Satan to try and stifle the work of God. This time, we see these demonic forces working through this magician, Elimas. This is another way of saying his name. But again, this man was nothing like a son of Jesus. His desire was to pull the proconsul away from the correct teachings of the gospel. And the application for us today in regards to this right here, uh, what's going on with this opposition is we should honestly never be surprised or shaken by opposition. It makes me uh, think of the children's song. Kalos was running around a couple of days ago and he was singing that. I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved just like a tree planted by the water. You know, and and, and that's real. Like we, we need to be rooted in God. We need to be rooted in Jesus Christ to the point where, you know, again, we built our, our, our home, our house on the foundation of the rock of Jesus Christ. And so when the, the rains and, 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 and the wind come down hard and the storms of life hit, you know, our foundation and our house isn't, well, our house isn't rock because our foundation is stable. It's, it's founded on the rock of Jesus Christ, not, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're tossed to and fro because, you know, we don't have our faith fixed on Jesus Christ. We have our faith fixed on Jesus Christ and every other thing that's going on. And so, you know, when the storms of life hit, we, we're just, we're, 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 we're everywhere. We, we don't even know what's going on. We're just beat up and, and broken down. It's okay to be beat up, but you can be left standing if you're angry anchored in Christ. Amen. The reality is wherever there is likely to be great success, opposing adversaries will both be found. You see, it could be said where there are no adversaries, there will be no success. You have to, you have to ask yourself this question in your life. 
Have you ever experienced this where you sought victory in Christ? Was there something or someone opposing your victory? And I would, I, I, I would, I would, I would dare to say that, yes, there was probably always some form of opposition because the enemy does not want you to gain ground in this spiritual battle, in this spiritual war. You know, there, there's going to be always something standing in your way, whether it be um, binge watching, especially, you know, now that we're, you know, in this shelter in place. I mean, you can easily binge watch five, six hours of Netflix, whatever, 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 uh, because you just have the time, you know, but you and I are going to have to make the conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm going to start my day as soon as I get out of my bed on my knees, praising God, thanking God, uh, repenting, doing whatever it is you feel led to do by the Holy Spirit to seek the Lord and, and, and carving out time within your day to get in God's word, to get before the Lord, to, to, to be in communion with him. You know, in, 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 in our family personally, you know, the Lord just put it on my heart before we do anything, you know, as a family, it's like, no, we're praying and, and we're going through a chapter in the Bible because this is, this is a great time for families to come together and to be encouraged and, and to seek out the Lord and to just grow in your strength and your courage and your faithfulness to the Lord. But it's all dependent upon what are we going to do? Are we going to let the opposition get us? Or are we going to call upon the Lord to give us the victory over opposition? And again, Satan is so subtle that something like watching television or watching the news and, and, and fretting and worrying about the coronavirus could be that thing that's opposition in your life right now that's causing you to not use your time wisely and to reach deeper and to dig deeper into the word of God. Next, we see the first mention of Saul being called Paul. Now, see, we have to understand the context, the cultural context of this day and age. It was common back then for people uh, in the in those days to have names that were similar yet different according to the language or the culture they were in. His name, his Jewish name was Saul, uh, named after the first king of Israel. But his Roman name was Paul, which means little, and it sounded just like Saul, just change the the, the P for uh, an S, change it out, and you, and you have the, the, the change there. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit when he called out Bar-Jesus. He used spiritual discernment in operating, excuse me, and operating in the gift of faith, and he rebuked and pronounced judgment upon this man, Elimas, or Bar-Jesus, whatever you want to call him, the, 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 the magician guy. The application is this, there is a time to be nice and there is a time to confront. Obviously, these things are done in love, not in spite, not to lord over someone, not to hate someone, but there is a time to be nice and there is a time to be calm and passive. And there's also time, I don't want to say aggressive, but there's a time to, 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 be, to be more concerned about the situation and to confront Ask the Lord to show you the difference between the two and to give and to give you courage to do what is right in every given situation. We are called to love one another, not to enable. And, and I think that's 
we as Christians, sometimes some of us, we have a hard time with this because there will be times when the truth hurts, but it needs to be said. And we need to confront our, our whether it's our brothers and sisters in Christ or, or non-believers, but we need to be able to be led by the Holy Spirit to confront these people in these situations, but do it in love. Again, because when we turn a blind eye to something because we don't want to feel, you know, uh, awkward or we don't want to, you know, rock the boat, we're ultimately enabling people and we're causing them more harm or damage than good. You know, there is a time to be quiet, as Ecclesiastes uh, alludes to, but there's also a time to speak up, and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit and know when to do both. Amen. Next, we see that ultimately everyone is held accountable. No one, and I mean no one, not me, not you, not you know whatever, the prime minister, not the president, not the pope, no one gets away with their actions, whether it's in this life or the next. You see, the reality is many people think because they are, are living high off the hog now, so to speak, they think they're getting away with what they're doing, living in a moral life, living in a corrupt life, living a life that's ungodly, living a life that that, that, that doesn't honor the Lord, living a life that takes from, from people and, 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 and is not honest. But you see, we all will be held accountable at one point, whether it is in this life or the next. We see this clearly in uh, this this judgment that comes down and affects Bar-Jesus's vision. He is blinded for a season of time because of his, uh, his wickedness, for him trying to deceive the proconsul and, and to, to, to draw Sergius Paulus away from the true teachings of the cross of Jesus Christ. Though this, uh, this magician, he didn't seem to repent or even see the error in his ways, the proconsul did. You see, Sergius Paulus heeded the warnings and the consequences from this other man, from this other man's blunders, from this other man's failings, and the proconsul was saved. The application is this. If we are wise, we will learn from others' mistakes, so we won't have to make them ourselves. You see, you and I have the great vantage point of referring to the Word of God. Now, there are so many examples throughout the Old and the New Testament, examples of what not to do and examples of what we should do. May you and I be not foolish and take heed lest we fall. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you again for just your word. Thank you for just the the, the precise uh, examples. Lord, thank you for the principles found in your word. Thank you for the illumination of our uh, of our minds and our hearts through the power of, uh, of you, through the Holy Spirit that, that you've given to us, that as, as we read through the, the, the scripture, Lord, you, you awaken our senses to understand. You awaken our, our spirit and our soul to know what your word is teaching us, Lord, and you give us direction. You, you give us the ability to understand it, and we thank you for that. We thank you for all the great practical application that's found in every word, every sentence, every phrase, every verse, every paragraph of your word. It is so true. And, and Father, I just pray that as James said uh, in the book that you had him pen, Lord, help us to 
look intently at ourselves in the mirror of you, uh, you, the mirror of the word of God. But when we, when we walk away from the word, help us to not forget who we are in Christ. Help us to not forget what your word says about us, what your word says about how we are to live, how are we are to act, how are we to conduct ourselves. We don't want to be those that forget what we look like and just go off and do our own thing. Father, keep us accountable. May you place men and women in our lives that love us, that want to see us blossom, that want to see us grow, that want to see us just grow deeper and stronger in our relationship with you. Father, I pray that you would break down walls and barriers, strongholds, Lord, that are in people's lives that are keeping them from interacting with one another. Most importantly, I pray that you will break down the strongholds in our lives that are keeping us from you, that are putting all these other things, all these other activities, all these other things that seem to be so important, but nothing is more important than our relationship with you and the time that we give to you on a daily basis. Father, may you be glorified. May you forgive us. May we repent of our sins. May you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Father, please enable us to love you and to love others the way you call us to. We thank you and we love you. Father, we pray this in the mighty, beautiful, wonderful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.